Welcome back to another Isolation Cast, Voices from Quarantine. Uh, you know, we're a couple weeks in for a lot of people, and so I want to keep bringing you uh, some laughs, some uh, quizzical questions, and maybe a couple cringes along the way. But there's nothing cringy about today's guest. Uh, he's been on my other show, I've been on his show, we've been on our buddy show, it's Showception. Matt Storm, aka Stormageddon, welcome to Isolation Cast. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, of course, I'm so happy to have you as well. It's been, you know, I've spent a lot of time with you and our friend Rachel Quirky Shake over the last couple of weeks, which yes. is lovely for me. Uh, I absolutely love it. So if for anyone who doesn't know who you are, could you uh, just tell us a little about about yourself? Sure. So uh, I am primarily a DJ and a podcaster. Um, I work on a lot of other stuff. I guess I can say I'm primarily a streamer as well. Um, I'm on Twitch, mostly streaming lately Animal Crossing because it's, you know, like many people, saving everyone's life. Uh, but you can also find me, I mean, you can find all of my stuff on my Twitter, but uh, the big thing I'm doing right now is a lot of podcasting, um, but I was also a DJ and burlesque host for a while, though there's not a ton of that right now. I can imagine, though it's, you know what, you know, like most good burlesque and like drag performers and musical theater performers, I kind of love to lump them all in together. Because like, if they're being told they can't do something or like something's not going to work out, they're going to find a way for their content, their art and like, like something creative, there is going to be an outlet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. find a way. <laughs> for sure. So why not? So why don't we talk about a little bit about what you were doing uh, as, you know, a creator or whatever to kind of create during this time to kind of get through the hours of, of isolation and being, you know, socially distanced. So uh, this may come as a shock to you knowing me as well as you do, but having four podcasts, I've been recording a lot of podcasts. Um, Great. Um, so the my main shows, the four shows that I do are still going along. I've actually been able to bank a bunch of episodes, which has been really exciting because most of those shows have been living week to week or biweekly, mm -hmm. as it were, recording as necessary. And so um, the especially the three certain POV shows, Fun and Games, Reignite, and uh, Screen Snark, I had had trouble banking episodes just because of conflicting schedules. But as we're all home, we've been able to get ahead, have some guests, people that we've been wanting to have that we couldn't make work. And then for my main interview series, um, that I used to bank all the time, then kind of caught up. And so I'm starting to bank that as well. And also getting to chat with people that otherwise I might not have been able to chat with just because they would be so busy due to having a ton of stuff to do. Um, the thing that I'm really proud of that I'm doing is a good friend of mine named Anjali Crochet, who is the host of Marvel's Voices. She's worked at both Marvel and sci-fi. She's a presenter um, and a podcaster. She's doing something called Creative Quarantine, where it's a daily live stream um, every day at three, except Tuesdays, which are at two because we like alliteration. Um, and she's bringing all kinds of creatives on to talk about how how to survive in an isolated time, how to create in an isolated time. Um, it's not unlike this show is trying to not only bring out the voices of those who can't maybe create otherwise, but it also is a face to face chat via video where you can interact. And so people can feel part of something every day. Um, and so I'm not hosting that show, but I am the audio producer for that show, one of them. Um, I'm producing it with my spouse. Actually, it's the first thing we've ever produced together, which is kind of really exciting. And uh, 
And yeah, it's a daily live stream. And then I'm making sure that the daily live stream goes up as a podcast the very next day. Um, and, you know, awesome. Angelique will do a little intro. We have a little outro. Uh, we're still figuring out theme music stuff, but it's really quick and dirty show. Like the purpose of this was to get the conversation going, not necessarily polish it like one of our early guests was james m eichelhart who is amazing he uh, love him he was a delight super sweet um we uh had an episode with stacy london our first episode was with anthony rap like we've just done a ton wow. of wow wow that is impressed that is an impressive lineup <laughs> and so yeah it's, it's all angelique she has these great connections just being around in the theater world and actually as of when we're recording, it just got announced we joined the Broadway Podcast Network as their as an audio oh my God, show. Congratu- congratulations. That's amazing. Thank That's you. huge for like y'all have been what, like a week and a half you've been out? We started on like, Monday. That is wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Con- congratulations. That is incredible. Thank that you. That is absolutely amazing. Um, and so, like, that's been my my baby this week just because uh, it's unlike anything I've ever done before, um, I, mm-hmm. especially since I'm a nitpicker and I like to perfect things. And so the idea of putting something out raw that's just the audio of this video um, mm-hmm. is really exciting. But Angelique is an incredible host, and she has these very candid and kind conversations with these people who either have families or 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 don't have families mm-hmm. or who or whatever like how their lifestyle is changing like with Anthony Rapp we talked about Discovery season 3 and how it's most it's pretty much done um and how he's excited to share that and how they're not sure what the future looks like for the show not necessarily just because of of whether things get renewed but just because mm-hmm. with the quarantine it knocks everything out of whack right Right. Absolutely. That's, am- that's absolutely amazing. So uh, where can everybody find that online? Because uh, I want to start listening. That's brilliant. <laughs> so the video version you can find on AngeliqueRocher.com slash Creative Quarantine. And there's a link to the YouTube uh, live stream pages. And so you can watch that every day in the afternoon. If you can't watch the video, then you can find the audio on Broadway Podcast Network, uh, which is, I think, just Broadway Podcast, BroadwayPodNetwork.com, I think. Um, if you just Google Broadway Podcast Network. And then you can also find it. We're on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and we're going to be on the rest of the platforms, hopefully, by early next week. So, um, yeah. Amazing. I highly recommend it. It's it's just, it's a cathartic conversation. And Angelique also happens to be friends with a lot of these folks. So it's just like friends catching mm-hmm. up in a candid way to bring mm-hmm. you into what it's like to live through something like this. Because it's new for everyone. And it's, the reason I think, on, and I don't want to put words in her mouth, but the reason I think she wanted to do it daily is because we don't know what this is going to be mm-hmm. like three months from now. Let's chat with people as right. it's happening because it changes so much every day. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah, because I wasn't sure kind of what the forecast of the show. I was going to do it daily. I was going to do it weekly. And so like going three times a week. And then if we keep going, I think I might go daily. But it's just been one of those things that what we're experiencing on Tuesday is going to be so different than what we're experiencing the following Tuesday if it were to come out a week later. And then, you know, if we're trying, you know, because... I, you know, the one thing I was told when I started a podcast was make sure you always have a backlog, which I have not always been able to keep up with, but, um, I've always tried to have at least one in the can before the next one comes out. Sure. Um, uh, but, uh, but 
Yeah, yeah, so it's one of those things that this is happening in such a unique way that we are getting to experience so different from like, it's different than every time we've gone to war or we've had a natural disaster or something where we are being updated by the news constantly. We are trying to watch the news in a way that is pragmatic and healthy. Yeah. But I think what's happened with this is we're looking to each other for daily updates and for affirmation and for just that... I'm freaking out right now. I need to make sure that others are okay and also freaking out and yeah. trying to have some normalcy, but that it's okay to freak out. Because I think in these times, everybody's just like, oh, girl, just stay calm. We're fine. Just stay indoors. Wash your hands. We're good. But I think, you know, it's okay for highly anxious people or people like myself who are neuro neurodivergent, who can't always know how I'm going to feel in an hour, two hours, that I need to be able to look and go okay, this person's also having a really rough struggle. I find solace in that, that we are both struggling through the internet together and that we're going to be okay in a couple hours. But like, this is, this is unprecedented. And this is something that a lot of us have not experienced in this way. So I think it's okay for us to have these things where we can look to other people, especially because those are people that like now people have looked up to Anthony Rapp since Rent and James Michael Hartman Rowe since Aladdin and Hamilton and, yeah. and these things that it's just really, really good to have those things and go, oh, those people that I admire are also struggling or are doing these things. So I should maybe be doing these things too, just because they're going to bring me joy or I'm going to fill the time. So that's, that's brilliant. I love that y'all are doing that. Yeah, it's really interesting. A, a telling thing of the times actually is my Instagram. So while I hate the term content creator mm. because it just feels empty, uh, mm. essentially that's what I am. And like my so my Instagram and Twitter have blown up in a way yeah. recently that I was was a little unexpected. But what's really cool about that is going on Instagram now, there are at least five or six people in my stories that are live doing a variety mm -hmm. of stuff. Mm -hmm. And like, these are mm -hmm. people who might've never gone live before all this happened. And so yeah. I think it's really interesting that these people are finding a way to create. I mean, we talked about briefly DJing and burlesque earlier, a friend of mine, who's a producer, he's doing digital burlesque shows where people are just live streaming their burlesque acts from their home. And I think that's really yeah. brilliant. And you can tip them online between Venmo and PayPal and whatever else. And I think that's a brilliant idea if you want to keep creating. Like, I'm very lucky that, at least for my podcasts, the, the I wouldn't say the quarantine helped it, but it didn't really hurt it either because it's given me right. more time at home to schedule stuff. Like, mm -hmm. my good friend Jeff Moonen, who I adore with all my heart, who am I, is my co-host for Fun and Games – is very busy and a little bit mm -hmm. of a flake and he knows that. And, and like, so scheduling has been difficult, but because we're both home all the time, it's like, yes, let's mm -hmm. just bank episode after episode and get this yeah. in while we can. Cause who knows what's going to happen? God forbid one of us gets sick. God forbid someone close to us gets right. sick. Like this will allow us to pad the runtime while we figure out what the hell is going on with this thing. Right. Yeah, no, I feel you. It's been interesting because like being a grad student and also teaching all, you know, it's in, it's part of my thing here that I always feel like I have barely enough hours in the day. And so my side projects, which are my side projects for reasons and, and you know, things I then have to go, Oh God, when am I kind of squeeze them in where now, while I am actually way more busy than I was <laughs> having to like walk into my office every day and walk into classes, I now oddly have a 
much more unified schedule that is syncing up with my body in a way that like I'm actually able to get these things done and I'm you know, there was, I think it was Tuesday, I filmed three, I recorded three different episodes, two of Don't Whip and Dreams and one of this, and it was just, it was one of those, I went, uh, like, I laid down at one in the morning and went, I am so tired, but I got more done today than I have in the last week. So it's, you know, it's just so strange, but yeah, it's, it's so nice to also see about Instagram, because I, you know, I tried to do the, um, let's do a Disney Instagram. Let's, let's try to get as many followers as I can. Let's try to get a little clout just to see how Instagram worked. And there's always, there's this line of people who have the over 10,000 and the under 10,000 where there's the, you know, over 10,000 as the sponsorships and some of the features that Instagram gives you. And you just have different things. But what's really nice is seeing, I don't want to say seeing those people going crazy, but seeing those folks who are actually really lovely people, um, uh, seeing them pull back that kind of filtered curtain, if you will, that Instagram is. And like, so they'll still be like a cute gay thirst trap picture, but they're just like, is anybody else going crazy? Cause like, I'm just going crazy right now. Someone tell me that it's all okay. And it's really nice to like, see them like not, it's, it's nice to see everybody going live and just having a conversation and like playing trivia with each other. Like the amount of Disney trivia mm-hmm. that I've just watched, like the Phantom of the Opera through Instagram one. Cause I always think it's a little unfair when I go in and try to play Disney trivia, even with Disney people, because I am a mutant. So, uh, <laughs> when it comes to trivia, um, especially Disney trivia. So like, you know, it's, those are, it's so it's nice to see the human side of some of, you know, these apps that are kind of actually pretty toxic in many ways. Um, mm-hmm. And also just seeing like the change in, I, you know, I, I'm an old dude that downloaded TikTok a couple weeks ago and I, you know, it's just silly fun to watch and it's fun to have and kill some time. But even seeing the shift in, content there in the last few weeks you can tell there is pre-quarantine content and post-quarantine content um and it's 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 nice to see actually at the end of the day all of the the things and also just seeing that like while yeah maybe movie stars singing imagine wasn't what we all (laughs) needed um you know, seeing Kristen Chenoweth Lysol her house while singing the highest notes possible is so quirky and weird, but it's really, it's, you know, it's a connection. Um, and you know, it's, it's, it's just nice to see like Chrissy Teigen, um, begging for lettuce on, on Twitter, which is just, uh, and then like meeting a fan off Twitter and exchanging them banana bread because that's what they've got. Well, that's what she and John Legend have at home right now. Yeah. She's baking it. And like, it's just so interesting to see, you know, while they're still celebrities and there's still that thing, but even it's on all levels, I've seen a kindness that I had not seen before, especially between people of fans I mean, right now it's really funny just to see Tiger King uniting the internet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, but you know, it's it is it is honestly it's kind of refreshing, and it's one of these things that I hope we do not see shift back after whenever things shift back because I don't think life's ever going to go back to the way it was, and no. that is okay because it shouldn't. Um, and but it's really nice to honestly have this consistency of 
podcast and like digital content that people are able to create. Um, it's, and it's also been nice cause I, I follow a couple YouTubers and things. It's nice to see them be human again and create content and like see YouTube release the range just a little bit. Yeah. Um, Cause you know, there were even people like I've loved following memory Hart and Hannah Hart for years, but a lot of their content, even in just of what YouTube sp- YouTube demands from them is very sponsored. It's very curated in a capitalist money driven way to just see them Skyping with each other and getting drunk and being silly again, takes me back to like 10 years ago when a lot of these people were getting their YouTube start, which is really, you know, I ramble, but it's, it's, it's nice to see a lot of the preconceived notions and the bullshit that we've kind of created for ourselves on the internet pull away and see everybody as human again. Now, again, I hope this lasts. Uh, so, Matt Storm, <laughs> yes. what are <laughs> what are some things that are bringing you joy right now that have maybe nothing to do with your work, nothing to do with podcasts? They can, you know, deal with podcasts and things, but, like, what are some things that you are finding absolute joy and solace in right now? Um, I mean, there are a few things, um, as of last night. So over the last couple of days, I binge watched the rest of Steven Universe future. Um, I Ugh. won't spoil, I won't Please spoil don't. anything, but like, but like, I just, I wish I could talk to Rebecca sugar. Maybe someday I can, but like, I'm mm-hmm. so thankful for this show in a way that I never imagined. And like, I understand why this show started off goofy on the heels of Adventure Time. And it was meant to be silly and ridiculous. But once the heart of it kicks in, which you could argue was always there, I became obsessed with Steven Universe in a way I didn't think possible. Mm -hmm. And like from the movie to Steven Universe Future, which is a continuation but a different show, it it is. Like I just – with the finale the other night, I I felt this kind of – completeness that I'd never really felt with a TV show before. Like we always want more like with the good place when it ended, I love the good place and I still want more, even though the ending I thought was done perfectly, you know? And so for me to watch an animated show that immediately I understood, I enjoyed and now am satisfied with the completion of was really cathartic, especially right now. Um, Yeah. But Besides Steven Universe, I've been playing a lot of Animal Crossing, like my co-host Rachel Quirky Shank. Um, and, and like talking about social media a little bit, what I love about Twitter, which is my main form of social media at this point, because I curate the hell out of it. If you tweet about Trump, you say something racist, sexist, transphobic, you're gone. I block you. I don't need you. I don't, oh, yeah. I don't care who you are, who you're friends with, how popular you are, done. And so that's helped my mental health. But also... So many people that I know are playing this game and tweeting pictures of it because Nintendo smartly integrated Twitter and Facebook into the photo side of the Switch. Oh. So you can post directly from your Switch to Twitter or Facebook if you connect them. Um, people are just sharing screenshots constantly, and it's all wholesome or ridiculous or silly stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really given me a lot of joy. Um, other than that, I mean, honestly... Hearing from other podcasters that I listen to all year round confront what's going on and talking about where they're at or why they're all recording from home or how it affects them means a lot because, you know, a lot of the a lot of my favorite podcasts are either comedy or video game related with some comedy in it. Um, And like so, for example, one of the one of my religiously listened to shows is called Waypoint. It's a video game podcast by Vice. Um, and I've been listening to it for a long time. 
Um, one of the hosts has always been remote. Two of them, actually, because they're not in New York with the rest. Um, mm-hmm. And one of them is a father of a young daughter, and he's at home. His wife's at home. His daughter's at home while they're recording. Usually his daughter is at school. And so uh, towards the tail end of the podcast, his daughter comes in and asks for a glass of water. And he, you know, kindly says, okay, right now, can it wait just a few minutes? He's like, no, I want it now. And, like, they have this dialogue on air on the podcast, and they leave it in, and it's really adorable. And it's one of those things where, like, like, I then tweeted at him. I'm like, thank you for leaving that moment in. It made me smile in a way unexpectedly. And he was like, you know, we're happy that it provided joy. Like, I think it's just such a real moment. Um, that's mm-hmm. important to share right now because I'm sure there are other parents who are at home with their kids trying to manage working from home and doing other things. Um, and so those kinds of moments in the podcasts I love. So it was just really great to see these creators I love doing stuff and sharing stuff that's affected by what we're going through. I think it's impossible not to talk about it at this point. Um, the other thing that's been giving me joy is, you know, still making time to spend time with my spouse, watch TV together. We just watched the finale of Picard together. And, like, I know it's got a divide among Star Trek fans, but I loved Picard. I thought it was phenomenal. I thought it was well done. Also, on a personal note, I love Alison Pill so much. And to, if, for my favorite movie with her being Scott Pilgrim to then see her in a role on this is so different. Um, which I know is, you know, most of her roles have not been like Scott Pilgrim, but for me, it's just the dichotomy is really cool. But, like, doing things like that still, making an effort to, like, have a date night, even if we're still at home, Mm -hmm. take walks, things like that. Um, But the thing I'm engaging with the most is easily Animal Crossing. It's just there's something satisfying about putting on a podcast, putzing around a town, paying off a house, you know, things we don't have, we can't do in real life. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the millennial, the the older millennial dream. Honestly, yeah. it's uh, yeah. So, what fruit do you get on your island? I know that's been a big talk among folks because so, I have not started playing yet. So, I have pears. Um, there's a selection of four different fruit. Pear, uh, no, five. I think it's pears, peaches, cherries, oranges, or apples. And then everyone can get access to coconuts by going to one of the random islands you can go to. Um, and the idea is also if you bring that fruit back to your island, you can plant it and then grow that fruit tree. So like I have one tree of each fruit, whereas I have other friends who have like have rows and rows of trees of different fruits because they want to make money. Uh, oh yeah. (laughs) Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it, there's, I think the thing that I love the most about Animal Crossing, and I'm not a diehard Animal Crossing fan. I've liked the previous games, but, like, this one feels like it came out at the right time, and it's why I'm more invested in it than ever. And that's to say, you know, the people who have been as excited about Doom Eternal, which is the Doom 2016 sequel, which came out on the same day, I get why that's exciting, too. Like, the idea of (laughs) violently ripping demons in half is, like, a... You know, and like having this power fantasy, Doom guy is the most powerful guy in the universe. Like, I get that too in this time. It makes total sense. And even though I didn't buy it on day one, I do want to play it. But like, I needed something Mm -hmm. low key, but I totally get going the other direction, being angry and sad and wanting to just rip apart demons from hell on the planet Mars. Like, I get it. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I thought, you know, I think it's really interesting that like those were the two games that were, um, uh, released on the same day, and there have been memes about it for Ugh, months. The best um, thing. 
Also, just that like Doom Guy and Isabel are like, is that her name, Isabel? Uh-huh. The, the, oh yeah, the, like all of these fans have been making really great like online content of them together, just like being savage. Uh-huh. I adore. I think it's so funny and interesting. And yeah, everybody's talking about Animal Crossing. I have to get it. I've honestly never played any of the franchise before. Okay, so I only know it from like I think that I've always thought the design is really cute. It's a really interesting world. But just kind of watching everyone play, I go, oh, I want it. <laughs> I want. I want an island. Um, so I will probably. Download it, or I know my. Mm, I don't really want to go to my local Walmart just to buy a video game. No. So I will probably download it. But you know, uh, we'll we'll figure that out. But I, yeah, I think it's now. I know because you love your your gamer. You love gaming. I found just happenstance. Uh, this cute British boy does a gaming channel on YouTube. It's someone like linked on Facebook that I clicked on, and he was um, talking yesterday about a game called Kind Words. Have you heard about this? I have this heard game of Kind yet? Words. Yes, it is. I, I've I've made the point. I have literally time in my schedule today to like pay the the like two dollars. I think is what it costs. Mm-hmm. And it is for anyone out there who feels like they don't know what to do right now. I think this actually might be fun for them or cathartic for them. Um, And it it reminded me when I saw the video of it, I was like, oh, this looks like someone who really is inspired and loves Animal Crossing and was inspired to kind of code this game of. And it's literally you get letters, you send out letters and you get letters back, they're anonymous, and it is to send kind words back, and literally mm-hmm. kind words back and forth. And, the, you know, there are trolls, but they have ways to report and do those things. But, And that's literally what the game is. And, and when if you love someone's... If you loan someone's letter, you can give them a sticker when you send it back. And I just... I watched it, and I almost cried, because I was like, this is just so wholesome, mm-hmm. and I can't imagine... One, how helpful it is right now, but also how helpful it must be to like maybe live in a place where your identity is questioned or is dangerous to identify as that person. And you're able to, you know, speak to people, get help, but also just I have people who are like terminally delightful and terminally kind and terminally wonderful and to, um, like this just seems right up their alley, which and I, I I meant to actually share it to your I'd copied it to go to your Facebook to share it. And then you you had shared something that I then fell down a K-hole and hours <laughs> later went to bed and went, oh, shit, I never shared that thing to Matt Storm. It's fine. I'll bring it up tomorrow when I talk to him. Um, but, yeah, it's really nice also to see like I've been playing way more Pokemon Go than mm-hmm. I think I had been like and I've I've I always play a lot of Pokemon Go. But this they've also, again very smartly Niantic has made it so you can play from home in a way mm-hmm. that, you know, I, you know, has been nice. But also I have a big apartment complex, so it's been nice to like go walk around and just play a little more, especially now that we have so many Pokemon and more Pokemon are popping up and it's a psychic event. But um uh yeah it's it's really nice to see People who don't typically game or used to game are now gaming again because of this, because they're having some time. And it's something, especially if you have the games that like it, it's, uh, it's really nice to see. Cause I'm someone who will recess into gaming as a way to cope with things and which, you know, always might not be the healthiest, but, um, you know, it's really nice to see. And I think it was nice to know, especially for those of you guys in New York, 
Because, like, my sibling, on that Tuesday before, she was like, I swear to God, if we get quarantined before Friday, I don't know what (laughs) to do. (laughs) Um, So I guess, you know, it's really nice to see. And I've been living for the content, all the nerds that, like, specialize the costumes and Uh stuff for... Floor. My sister has a Hufflepuff robes on her on her little person, which yep. I love. So it's just been that's been so nice to see. But um, you brought up Steven Universe, which is something I am insanely passionate about, and I I I can't ever thank Rebecca Sugar enough for the show. Yeah, and I know, and of course it it has. A very toxic fan following, which is shocking considering how how perfectly delightful this show is yeah. and should lead to a not toxic fan following. But I, for reasons, have not seen the movie or any of future yet mm-hmm. because I'm not ready for it to be over. <laughs> And I, because it's been that weird thing where Cartoon Network didn't know how to appreciate the thing they had. And there was lots of like holding and production and all these things. And so, you know, there was that year, like the last two years, we got 12 episodes in, you know, 20 months. And so, uh, you know, it's one of those things that I, it always came at the right time. And who would have thought that scheduling the Steven Universe movie, well, the 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 finale of Future in a global pandemic was, you know, that it would end up being a time of global pandemic. Right. Um, I want to talk about your love of, of Steven Universe just a little bit for me and, and kind of what drew you to the show originally and what kind of what you find is just really special about the show. Cause I find I'm still begging people to watch the show. Yeah. Um, uh, sure. Um, I mean, so it's a couple of things. I think I, I definitely didn't watch Steven universe on my own. I feel like one of my friends was screaming at me about it. I don't want to name names just cause I can't oh, remember yeah. which one <laughs> did first. Um, but you know, I, I just, I had been just been looking for something to binge. It was still on Hulu at the time. And I'd heard good things, and so I started to watch it. And, like, the first four or five episodes are tough to get through if you're just not into watching something goofy. Because the first Mm -hmm. three or four episodes, five episodes, are pretty goofy. You don't know a lot about Steven. He's kind of over the top and very, you know, it is very cartoony. But what drew me to it beyond that is the heart of this family, these characters who I identify with, um, and who I really liked, and who I saw myself in certain characters' aspects. Like, I don't think I identify mm-hmm. with a specific character. I think Garnet is my favorite character. I just love her. But I don't know that I particularly identify with with any character specifically, but there are definitely struggles that Steven goes through as far as growing up or finding out about his parents or mm-hmm. making new friends um, or, or you know, feeling uncomfortable that I can relate to. And even in Future Without Spoiling, the whole point of Future is to show Steven as a young adult and what he's going through post the movie and everything that happened during the movie. Um, and I related to that a lot more because it did remind me at moments about my own adolescence and not knowing how to feel about my body or my personality or who I was. Um I mean, the music's phenomenal, and I'm a person who 
course. I love musicals, but I don't watch <laughs> musicals a lot. Uh, like, I'm happy to watch a musical once. I'm happy to see something live once and really dig it. Like, Hamilton was the first exception in a long time where I listened to a soundtrack over and over again. And I think that's because it's <laughs> not just the nerdy U.S. history roots, but the hip-hop roots. Um, yeah. But that said, like, Steven Universe is one of the first shows with music in it in a long time that I've listened to the music outside the show. I go back to it. I visit mm-hmm. it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think, like, obviously an important part of the show is its queerness, right? And even the fact that it's not mm-hmm. blatantly going, these relationships are queer, pay attention. It's just these relationships are, and you can understand mm-hmm. them. Um, they don't They don't go out of their way to say, like, you know, Ruby and Sapphire are girls who fuse together to become the ultimate mm-hmm. girl. Like, it's not about that, because they're not. Mm-hmm. They're crystal gems. The, the, gender, right. the gender is not the important part. The important part, you know, right. or even, like, I think it's in the first Devani episode where they, they you know, so I, maybe I'm remembering correctly, they ask if Stevani's a boy or a girl, and Stevani just goes, I'm Stevani. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's the importance of that they are... That's Stefani, they are who they are, regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, you yeah. know, I, I think that the, the show find the, the, the thing that's fascinating to me about this show is every episode, with few exceptions like the finales, are 11 to 12 minutes long. Every mm-hmm. single episode, except the movie, which is, a, I think, an hour, maybe. Uh, and then I think the finale of regular Steven Universe before the movie was also maybe a half hour or an hour. But, yeah. but the rest of it is 11 minutes, and it's some of the best storytelling in a short amount of time that I've ever seen. Very few mm. other shows can accomplish as much as this show has mm-hmm. in such a short time, which mm-hmm. is why I think it's so bingeable, too. Because you can get through three episodes in the time it would take you to watch one episode of a half, you know, a half hour show or, you know, four episodes equivalent to a 45 minute show. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think that also Mm -hmm. makes it really, really strong. Uh, Yeah. And it's I don't even know if it's my all time favorite show, but it's definitely an important show to me. Um, Yeah. I, I don't. I mean, if I had to pick a favorite animated show, it might still go to Gravity Falls just because it hits the right mm. buzzes, buzzers mm-hmm. that uh, a show like that needs to. But Steven Universe is definitely up there as one of the most important shows I've ever watched. And yeah, I feel like I'm always mm-hmm. yelling at other people to watch it because you can't explain yeah. what this show is. People have to see it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. And it's it's one of those that it's like especially for queer people who like media or comic book queer people like I find that it's it's really good for them yeah I oddly it was Tumblr where <laughs> I saw the character designs and I'm a, I'm a slut for a good magical girl series like sure I just like and so I saw the character designs and went Huh, those are weird. I'm here for it. And then I was like, I don't I don't know what this is, but it kept showing up once I started like liking and like uh re, re uh like sharing it and I went, "Huh." And then eventually I found it and a friend I was like, "Have you guys heard of this thing?" And my friends were like, "What do you mean you haven't watched it yet?" <laughs> and I mean, and that was back Oh god, probably season 2ish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it's been, it's been a delightful ride, but I feel like, 
I'm going to give up strength in the coming week of quarantine <laughs> now that I know it's done. Yeah. That I can emotionally sit and watch the movie, watch all the future, and then just not be human for a couple hours and yep. then rejoin. Yep. And then rejoin society because I think that's what I'm going to need to do. I can, I know how, I can foretell how manipulative Rebecca Sugar loves to be of my heart, my emotion, my, my soul spot. And uh, I just... Yeah, it's oh, it's a good time. Well, Matt Storm, thank you for coming on the show. I have appreciated this so much. Can you, we've kind of dropped it out through, but can you kind of give a quick dirty rundown of everywhere online people can find you and the work you were doing? Sure, absolutely. Uh, first of all, I want to thank you for having me on. I adore Dole Whip and Dreams. I, I was a guest on the Aladdin episode, um, which is still my favorite Disney movie, Problems and All. And we discussed that. Problems and All. We do. Um, but um, I'm, I'm happy to be here. And yeah, so people, I mean, the best place to find me is on Twitter at DJ underscore Stormageddon, but also if you have Twitch and you like watching people play video games, particularly not very well, um, I highly recommend <laughs> checking out uh, twitch.tv slash DJ underscore Stormageddon, which is where I stream. And then you can find three of my podcasts on certainpov.com, which is the Certain POV Network's website. Um, those three shows are Screen Snark, which is a bi-weekly TV and movie podcast. Um, uh, as of this recording, we've already recorded with Matt, and his episode will be out very soon. Um, and I highly recommend it. I do that with Rachel Quirky Shank, a previous guest of this podcast. Um, I do Fun and Games with Jeff Moonen, which is a general gaming podcast where we find specific topics within the gaming world to discuss and expand on. Recent episodes have been about um, silent protagonists in games. Um, we've talked about my trip to PAX East. We've talked about favorite indie games, gaming soundtracks. We never try to rate games. We may do that in a separate feed at some point, um, but it's more important for us to just celebrate the joys of gaming or the problems in gaming. Um, we've talked about video game crunch and how that's ruining the game industry and things like that. Um, the third show on the network is Reignite, which is a podcast about the Mass Effect trilogy, at least for now. And uh, me and my co-host um, uh, MJ are replaying the games putting us in the role of the lead character, designing them to look like us and making decisions as if we'd make them and then discussing why we made those choices. Um, we're almost done with season two, which is the second game. Then we move on to the third game in season three, and then we'll probably do Andromeda in season four, which I have yet to play. Um, so if you're a Mass Effect fan or just a fan of storytelling games, I highly recommend that one. And then my final show is an interview series called Crash Chords Autographs. That's not on the network, at least yet, but who knows? Um, <laughs> anything could happen but that said that's uh, uh, an interview series that I've been doing the longest out of all of my current shows and I bring on all sorts of guests from musicians to podcasters to photographers comedians burlesque performers DJs pretty much anyone who wants to talk and we just have a casual conversation about the work they make and why they do it um, as of when we're recording I just recorded an episode with the incredible Mega Ran it's his second time on the show he's a nerdcore rapper who got his start rapping over Mega Man songs and now is this prolific creator who's done a whole shitload of stuff. Um, and so I definitely encourage you to check that out. Um, but that's it. Yeah, if you really, and if you can't remember any of that, just go to my Twitter uh, at DJ underscore Stormageddon because all of it is there. I am nonstop posting there, maybe to an obnoxious level, some people might say. 
I, I wouldn't think so. I mean, a lot of my Twitter feed is you, but that is not <laughs> a problem for me at all. It's you and like Thirsty Gamer Boys, which is uh, a brand uh, for me, I guess. So, so Matt Storm, before I let you go, if you could give like maybe one sentence of kind of uh, advice to everyone listening at home and kind of getting through right now, what would that be? Be kind to yourself. I think at the end of the day, it's we want to, we're all working from home, those of us who are fortunate enough to work. And we're going to push ourselves because we're home. There's no separation of work and home life. Uh, for me, as someone who does so much other uh, content outside of my day job, uh, I feel it all the time. But you're allowed to take time for yourself. You're allowed to relax, especially on weekends. For those of us who work nine to fives, if you, you normally had weekends free to go out and party and you can't now, sit on the couch and stare at the ceiling for a half hour. Like, let yourself relax. It's important to remember that once this is all over, whether you're an artist or not an artist, it's back to the grind. You're going to be making those things you want to make or doing the job you got to do. So until then, allow yourself to, to take time and be kind to yourself. Um, and also wash your damn hands all the time. Wash your damn hands. <laughs> Matt Storm, it is always a delight. I... It's always just so nice hanging out with you. So uh, thank you again for coming on the show. My pleasure. Thank you for having me on. And hopefully when this is all over, you'll come back to New York soon. Thank you as always for listening to another Isolation Cast Voices from Quarantine. We couldn't do this without you. And I hope this is helping you get through. Find us as always on Facebook at Isolation Cast Voices from Quarantine or Dole Whip and Dreams Podcast. You can find us on our website at www.dolewhipanddreamspod.com. You can find us on Instagram at Dole Whip and Dreams, on Twitter at Dole Whip Pod, or even on TikTok at Maddie Lime. Make sure to check out our YouTube, where all of our episodes are posted for our first ever video cast with Amanda Spooner, the mind behind Year of the Stage Manager. Now, Go out and find your joy.